Good Morning America, CBS News is reporting on COVID-19. ...has changed dramatically because I was diagnosed at such a young age. I used to think that cancer only happened to people who were um, out of shape, they were not healthy, and they had poor habits just in general in life. But now I know that cancer is an aimless bullet with anybody's name on it. You can be healthy, happy, successful, or doing all the right things, and it can still happen to you. This morning, coronavirus continues to rage, suffocating nearly the entire country. The White House task force reporting 42 states now in the red zone with a record 145,000 cases logged Wednesday. November is on pace to be America's worst month fighting the virus so far. I can assure everybody that um, they don't want to be one of my patients. You don't want to be this sick. You don't want to have to be on a ventilator. Dr. Hillary Faust is on. This morning, coronavirus. This morning, coronavirus continues to rage, suffocating nearly the entire country. The White House task force reporting 42 states now in the red zone with a record 145,000 cases logged Wednesday. November is on pace to be America's worst month fighting the virus so far. I can assure everybody that um, they don't want to be one of my patients. Um, You don't want to be this sick. You don't want to have to be on a ventilator. Dr. Hillary Faust is on the front lines in Wisconsin, where confirmed cases now rival the numbers New York City saw in the spring. As healthcare workers become infected there, one hospital system is turning to an emergency volunteer registry. We are reaching out to retired nurses. We're using students who have come up and uh, have come to the forefront and volunteered their services. North Dakota's governor going even further, allowing infected nurses to keep working so long as they don't show symptoms. With hospital beds there more than 90% filled and infection rates above 20%. She has completed her ambassador. Right now, it's the hardest hit state in the country. We really believe that the accelerated growth of number of cases and hospitalizations is not sustainable. Other hospitals running out of space to care for the crush of COVID patients. A Michigan nurse says this week she had to treat one of them in a storage room. That state, one of several consistently topping 6,000 cases a day, as nationwide deaths have climbed 17 days in a row, a thousand American lives lost on average every 24 hours. Stay home when you can. Work from home if you can. The potential for another lockdown now looming as cities and states reinstitute restrictions. Experts with the Policy Lab at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia recommending students in areas with rapidly accelerating transmission rates revert to online learning. In New York, closing bars, restaurants, and gyms at 10 p.m. and limiting indoor gatherings to 10 people. Bars, restaurants, gyms, house parties. That's where it's coming from, primarily. And those are the ones that we can address. And we have to stress this is more than just a rising number of cases. We've already hit a record number of Americans receiving hospital treatment for COVID, and hospitalizations are still climbing in 43 states.
Now at six, live lines and more lines. Thousands of Angelinos at Dodger Stadium awaiting tests for COVID as cases surge. We're live with the latest on the spike. More drama in D.C. Joe Biden picks his chief of staff. President Trump withholding critical information, we're also told. We'll tell you which Republican senator is now pledging to step in over this. And looking live from Air 7 HD at this gorgeous shot of the skyline, downtown Los Angeles. More of the same today, but a warm-up is on the way. Leslie Lopez has the deets in your AccuWeather forecast. Live from ABC7, this is Eyewitness News. Good Thursday morning, everybody. 6 a.m. We're live on ABC7, abc7.com, and streaming on the ABC7 Los Angeles app and on Hulu Live. I'm Leslie Seid. And I'm Brandy. Had a gorgeous sunrise for you as you wake up on this Thursday, Friday Eve. Let's check in with Leslie Lopez first on that forecast. Are we seeing pretty much what we saw yesterday when it comes to the temps? Uh, you know, I think so. Very similar. If you're going to be inland, you might be able to increase your temp by about one or two degrees. If you're at the coast, it might be a little cooler today. This is what it looks like over into LAX, about 50 degrees this morning. Uh, so we do have some cool temperatures happening here, especially chilly for the morning. And by the afternoon, it's mild, so very similar to where we were just yesterday. So downtown Los Angeles, 67 degrees. If you're heading into Orange County, it'll be about 66, and then also hitting about 70 degrees in the IE and the Valley areas today. The coastline, it's the low 60s for you. 45 degrees into our mountains, and if you're heading out towards the high desert, we're around 65 degrees today. More to come in a full forecast. We'll talk about um, some other changes. It's going to be warm, very warm. I'm going to show you when that happens, coming up in a full forecast in just a little while. Here's Brianna Ruffalo taking a look at traffic this morning. How's it looking? Good morning. Well, we were off to such a nice start earlier. It's just not the case anymore. We're starting to see a couple accidents pop up, and this is the worst one. It's actually down into Orange County. Typically, we don't have a whole lot of problems down here, but if you travel through Costa Mesa along the 405 southbound, uh, we did have a bad accident here. We have some injuries involved. It's on the 405 South at Harbor Boulevard. We have the HOV number one and number two lanes blocked off there. This is a traffic alert, and they're expecting to have these lanes blocked off until about 6:10. So hopefully, the next 10-15 minutes, we'll get it cleared out of the way. It's going to take a moment to get some of this backup uh, moving along. But just a heads up, if you're leaving in the next few minutes, to leave a little early until this gets cleared. I'll send it back to you guys. Yeah, good to know, Brianna. Thank you so much. Expanded coronavirus testing will continue in the city of L.A. today. And if you're going to head over to Dodger Stadium for a test, just get ready for potentially long lines. Eyewitness News reporter Mark Cotarobles has details on that. Good morning, Mark. Yeah, Leslie Brandy, I just checked again, and there are still more than 8,000 appointments available. You do need an appointment to come here to Dodger Stadium. You sign up within a 30-minute window. That's a way to help control the crowds as they uh, drive into Dodger Stadium. But take a look. Yesterday, it was really stacking up the line to get into the testing site, though once the line is going, it doesn't take too long, depending on the time. Again, the hours have been expanded here at Dodger Stadium with testing available from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. All this is COVID cases are surging. This city-run testing site is the largest in L.A. County, the county among those that's been mired in the most restrictive purple tier in the state's four-tier monitoring system. Public health officials have said it's going to be weeks before the county can move into a less restrictive tier, allowing for more businesses to operate indoors. The latest infection numbers from L.A. County show 2,152 new cases and 22 new deaths. That adds to the more than 7,000 lives already lost in the county to date. Currently, there are just over 900 people hospitalized with coronavirus. Now, there have been some real horror stories at various other testing sites taking 
days to get the results sent back to the patients. But here at the Dodger Stadium testing site, the city advertising that they'll be getting the results back to you within 24 hours. We are live this morning outside Dodger Stadium. Mark Cotarobles, ABC 7 Eyewitness News. We'll send it back to you. All right. Good to know, Mark. Thank you. We are following several more coronavirus headlines that are developing this morning. California could hit 1 million confirmed cases today. Now, Texas was the first state to reach that milestone earlier this week. The U.S. did set another record yesterday. We're talking about more than 144,000 new infections in one day, according to the COVID tracking project. And more than 65,000 people are hospitalized across the country. That's another new record. The previous record was nearly 60,000 people hospitalized back in April. And one of the states right now being hit hardest is Utah, which reported 2,300 new cases just yesterday. Compare that with the 2,200 new cases in L.A. County. But here's the kicker. Utah's population is just a little more than 3 million. L.A. County's population is 10 million. Most schools have reopened in Utah, and today a group of teachers is encouraging colleagues to call out sick and use this day to get tested for coronavirus. President-elect Joe Biden is making more moves as he transitions to the White House, despite claims from President Trump about election fraud. Eyewitness News reporter John Gregory is live in the newsroom this morning with the latest developments. John, what do we know? And Leslie, as of this morning, Joe Biden continues to lead in the electoral vote, and he leads President Trump in the popular vote by more than 5 million votes nationally. Yesterday, the president-elect named Ron Klain as chief of staff. Klain has decades of experience in the White House and led the Obama administration's response to the Ebola virus. That could be helpful in dealing with this pandemic. More top staffing announcements will come later this week. Cabinet picks are not expected until later this month, but lobbying for positions has already started, with Bernie Sanders looking to be labor secretary. Meantime, the State Department is preventing President-elect Biden from accessing messages from foreign leaders and receiving daily intelligence briefings. Biden says he can't make national security decisions yet anyway, so he doesn't need it. Republican Senator James Lankford has pledged to step in if the Biden team doesn't have access by Friday. Meantime, world leaders are already talking with the president-elect about cooperating on things like the coronavirus and also climate change. Australia's prime minister has already invited Biden to visit Australia next year. Japan's prime minister says he and Biden agreed to deepen their country's alliance in regards to China and also North Korea. Live in the newsroom, John Gregory, ABC7 Eyewitness News. Leslie, back to you. John, thank you very much. Now, coyotes are causing concern in a Burbank neighborhood. Check out this surveillance video shot yesterday morning. This is on Keystone Street between Alameda and Olive Avenues. Animals, you can see them just saunter across the lawns and even right up onto somebody's porch. Experts say people with small pets should be careful. Wow. Hey, good morning. All right. So it is a cold start to the morning yet again today. So we're not really changing that around from yesterday. Uh, we're going to see temperatures reach about 71 degrees as we're heading into your afternoon for the valley communities. Uh, again, and not a lot in the way of changes all the way through about Saturday before we see another big change. That's going to be a really large warming trend. And I'll show you that coming up in a full forecast. 68 degrees in a downtown Los Angeles, inland Orange County. It'll be about 69. We have the low 70s for the valleys and the inland empire today. Um, it is going to be a 
nice clear day. We have lots of sunshine, nice air quality too, so that's gotten a lot better. 64 for the beaches, the mountains, 47 degrees, the high desert, 64, and if you're heading out to the low desert, about 76 degrees. More to come in a full forecast, and we'll talk all about this new warm, windy, and dry weather. New Santa Ana returning, guys, over to you. All right, thank you. Some good news this morning in the race to develop vaccines for COVID-19. Also, here we go again. Oh, no. Which local grocery chain is now having to enforce purchase limits to prevent panic buyers from cleaning them out? And help send children some joy this holiday season. It's our 28th annual Spark of Love Toy Drive. We're partnering with SoCal Firefighters and our presenting sponsor, Subaru, collecting new unwrapped toys and sports gear for children and teens in need. So you can buy a toy online at abc7.com slash sparkoflove, or you can text SPARK to 24365 to donate. Join us and share the spark of love. Good afternoon, I'm Philip Palmer, and we are now on ABC7.com. Scott Reif is above the scene of the plane wreck. Uh, we're going to try to get to him here in a moment. His IFB is, uh, that's the, the way he can hear us, is kind of a work in progress. But he has just flown up, and you see wreckage of a plane. That is underneath that smoke, and there's not much of the plane left. Uh, we are getting word that apparently there is a fatality in this plane crash. Uh, Scott Reif, I guess you can hear us now. Um, maybe you could tell us a little bit more. There was there was so much that was um, we were questioning as we were on the air on ABC7, but now we're getting a better look at the damage caused by this plane crash near Whiteman Airport. Yeah, Philip, it certainly uh, it went head on into these cars. It looks like there's nothing left of the plane, which leads me to believe it was a small plane of some type. This is on Pierce Street, and it's only about two or three blocks to the south of Whiteman Airport. So it's unclear if the aircraft had a problem inside the pattern or if that airplane was trying to land at the airport. Uh, we understand, as you mentioned, one person was killed. We believe that was a person on board the plane, and we don't believe at this point anyone on board uh, the, or excuse me, on the ground was injured. You see there, it's right on the approach course uh, to Whiteman Airport. That's where the plane did crash, uh, and it could have been coming in to make a, uh, a, an emergency landing. We just don't have a lot of information on that yet, uh, but uh, unfortunately, one person has been killed, the person who was flying the plane. Um, it's unclear if there's anybody else on board that plane, but from our initial look here, you see the cars immediately started on fire. It's got to be uh, it's got to be a small plane because you can't even see the wreckage, which makes me think it really went straight in. We're just getting a report from the fire department. Uh, only one person was killed. That was the pilot on board that plane. So uh, sadly, one person has died in this crash. Uh, we'll open up a little bit. I just want to give you a little perspective again. Uh, Whiteman Airport is in Pacoima. This is right off Pierce Street and San Fernando Road. And you can see there where the airport is, and it was right on that approach course. That would be the, the landing runway, runway 1-2. And it crashed just uh, 100 feet or, four, uh, or so before the threshold. So we'll go back to the plane. We don't have information yet on uh, the type of plane, but certainly, Philip, at this point, it looks like it's a small plane, and it doesn't look like it barely just made it to the airport. It looks like it may have possibly stalled and went straight in because we don't even see much of the wreckage of that plane. A lot of times when an uh, airplane's trying to land and it comes in somewhat slowly with the flaps down, it's trying to make the airport, at least you'd see a part of the plane. This appears like it went straight in uh, on this street. Again, the pilot was killed, and at this point, uh, we don't believe anyone, uh, fortunately, on the ground has been hurt.
That's how I, I felt like literally I've just been betrayed by the EDD. Michael Covent lost his job as a bellhop when hotels had to close in the pandemic. It took months to get his EDD benefits. And when he finally did, the bank took them right back. So I'm frustrated beyond belief. There's nothing I can do. I feel like I've just been taken. Michael discovered something was wrong when he used his EDD debit card to order a pizza. Suddenly, the card wouldn't work. I called Bank of America first to ask why the card's suspended. They say, oh, well, only EDD can do that. When I contact EDD, they say, oh, no, only BNA can do that. When he called the bank again, he says the agent was stunned at what he saw. They're literally watching the account being siphoned by EDD in the moment as it was happening on their end while I'm on the phone with them. Here's what he saw. The EDD was pulling Michael's benefits back out of his account one chunk at a time until all $16,000 was gone. And I have no idea where it is. Michael saw my earlier report about Anthony Serafino of San Francisco. That all added up to $10,000. The EDD pulled $10,000 out of his account one payment at a time, too. Now, viewers all over the state tell me Bank of America is draining their EDD accounts. Michael says EDD and the bank offered him no explanation. You guys took 16000 from the account. Where did it go? But they're, on their end, they're, they're saying that they're, they don't even know what I'm talking about. The EDD says it isn't the one pulling out the money. It's the bank. Bank of America tells us it is removing funds from some EDD accounts due to suspicious activity on the cards. Somebody had gotten into the, the mail system in our building. Michael reported his original EDD debit card was stolen from the mail. A thief ran up $16,000 in charges. Bank of America restored the fraudulent charges weeks ago only to take all that money back now. They left nothing in there. There was nothing in the account. Bank of America says customers now must contact the bank and try to claim that money back. Michael says he's been trying for weeks and getting nowhere. There's an, there's emotions that go behind that. You know, you, you feel cheated. U.S. nationwide, we just hit a record for new infections and also a new record for hospitalizations. And now one of the president-elect Joe Biden's advisors is suggesting a lockdown. Eyewitness News reporter John Gregory is live in the newsroom with details. John, good morning. Good morning. A lot of records and none of them are good. Uh, the U.S. set a daily record uh, with more than 144,000 new infections yesterday. Hospitalizations have also more than doubled in less than two months, reaching more than 65,000, passing the previous record set in April. And now a member of President-elect Joe Biden's task force says a lockdown could help drive down case numbers. Could lock down for four to six weeks. And if we did that, we could drive the numbers down. And then we could really watch ourselves cruising into the vaccine availability in the first and second quarter of next year yeah. and bringing back the economy long before that. The U.S. also reported more than one million new confirmed cases in just the first 10 days of November. Several states now tightening restrictions, including Ohio, New York, Indiana, Vermont, and Illinois. Dr. Anthony Fauci appeared on Good Morning America this morning and responded to the possibility of a lockdown. 
You know, I don't know. We would like to stay away from that, Robin, because there is no appetite for locking down uh, on the American public. But I believe that we can do it without a lockdown. I, I really do. I mean, sometimes when people talk about the measures that I'm suggesting we double down on, they equivocate that and say that, well, that that uh, makes that not uh, a lockdown. It isn't necessarily lockdown. You could still get businesses going. You could still have economic uh, forward thinking while you're doing that. You don't necessarily have to shut everything down. Now, earlier this week, Pfizer, of course, revealed its vaccine is more than 90% effective. U.S. nationwide, we just hit a record for new infections and also a new record for hospitalizations. And now one of the president-elect Joe Biden's advisors is suggesting a lockdown. Eyewitness News reporter John Gregory is live in the newsroom with details. John, good morning. Good morning. A lot of records and none of them are good. Uh, the U.S. set a daily record uh, with more than 144,000 new infections yesterday. Hospitalizations have also more than doubled in less than two months, reaching more than 65,000, passing the previous record set in April. And now a member of President-elect Joe Biden's task force says a lockdown could help drive down case numbers. Could lock down for four to six weeks. And if we did that, we could drive the numbers down. And then we could really watch ourselves cruising into the vaccine availability in the first and second quarter of next year yeah. and bringing back the economy long before that. The U.S. also reported more than one million new confirmed cases in just the first 10 days of November. Several states now tightening restrictions, including Ohio, New York, Indiana, Vermont, and Illinois. Dr. Anthony Fauci appeared on Good Morning America this morning and responded to the possibility of a lockdown. You know, I don't know. We would like to stay away from that, Robin, because there is no appetite for locking down uh, on the American public. But I believe that we can do it without a lockdown. I, I really do. I mean, sometimes when people talk about the measures that I'm suggesting we double down on, they equivocate that and say that, well, that that uh, makes that not uh, a lockdown. It isn't necessarily lockdown. You could still get businesses going. You could still have economic uh, forward thinking while you're doing that. You don't necessarily have to shut everything down. Now, earlier this week, Pfizer, of course, revealed its vaccine is more than 90% effective. Nationwide, we just hit a record for new infections and also a new record for hospitalizations. And now one of the president-elect Joe Biden's advisors is suggesting a lockdown. Eyewitness News reporter John Gregory is live in the newsroom with details. John, good morning. Good morning. A lot of records and none of them are good. Uh, the U.S. set a daily record uh, with more than 144,000 new infections yesterday. Hospitalizations have also more than doubled in less than two months, reaching more than 65,000, passing the previous record set in April. April. And now a member of President-elect Joe Biden's task force says a lockdown could help drive down case numbers. Could lock down for four to six weeks. And if we did that, we could drive the numbers down. And then we could really watch ourselves cruising into the vaccine availability in the first and second quarter of next year yeah. and bringing back the economy long before that. 
The U.S. also reported more than 1 million new confirmed cases in just the first 10 days of November. Several states now tightening restrictions, including Ohio, New York, Indiana, Vermont, and Illinois. Dr. Anthony Fauci appeared on Good Morning America this morning and responded to the possibility of a lockdown. You know, I don't know. We would like to stay away from that, Robin, because there is no appetite for locking down uh, on the American public. But I believe that we can do it without a lockdown. I, I really do. I mean, sometimes when people talk about the measures that I'm suggesting we double down on, they equivocate that and say that, well, that, that uh, makes that not uh, a lockdown. It isn't necessarily lockdown. You could still get businesses going. You could still have economic uh, forward thinking while you're doing that. You don't necessarily have to shut everything down. Now, earlier this week, Pfizer, of course, revealed its vaccine is more than 90% effective. U.S. nationwide, we just hit a record for new infections and also a new record for hospitalizations. And now one of the president-elect Joe Biden's advisors is suggesting a lockdown. Eyewitness News reporter John Gregory is live in the newsroom with details. John, good morning. Good morning. A lot of records and none of them are good. Uh, the U.S. set a daily record uh, with more than 144,000 new infections yesterday. Hospitalizations have also more than doubled in less than two months, reaching more than 65,000, passing the previous record set in April. And now a member of President-elect Joe Biden's task force says a lockdown could help drive down case numbers. Could lock down for four to six weeks. And if we did that, we could drive the numbers down. And then we could really watch ourselves cruising into the vaccine availability in the first and second quarter of next year yeah. and bringing back the economy long before that. The U.S. also reported more than 1 million new confirmed cases in just the first 10 days of November. Several states now tightening restrictions, including Ohio, New York, Indiana, Vermont, and Illinois. Dr. Anthony Fauci appeared on Good Morning America this morning and responded to the possibility of a lockdown. You know, I don't know. We would like to stay away from that, Robin, because there is no appetite for locking down uh, on the American public. But I believe that we can do it without a lockdown. I, I really do. I mean, sometimes when people talk about the measures that I'm suggesting we double down on, they equivocate that and say that, well, that, that uh, makes that not uh, a lockdown. It isn't necessarily lockdown. You could still get businesses going. You could still have economic uh, forward thinking while you're doing that. You don't necessarily have to shut everything down. Now, earlier this week, Pfizer, of course, revealed its vaccine is more than 90% effective. U.S. nationwide, we just hit a record for... Still hard to find a spot, just easier to park. Still the big move, just more moving. Still singing, just more in tune. Still the gang's all here. Just less are we there yet. The Chevy family of SUVs, making life's journey just better. Now, during the Chevy Cyber Sales event, use $500 Cyber Cash on most SUV models to get $5,250 total cash allowance on most 2020 Equinox models. Find new roads at your Southern California Chevy dealers. With coronavirus cases surging, shoppers are again stocking up on the essentials. But before you go out there on a spending spree, our Nidia Han has some things you might want to consider. 
According to NC Solutions, which tracks consumer buying habits, sales of hand sanitizer went up 838% during the pandemic, leading to empty store shelves and a temporary shortage. And now we are seeing signs of panic buying once again, which is not good for any of us. You don't have to go far back to remember scenes with coronavirus cases surging, shoppers are again stocking up on the essentials. But before you go out there on a spending spree, our Nidia Han has some things you might want to consider. According to NC Solutions, which tracks consumer buying habits, sales of hand sanitizer went up 838% during the pandemic, leading to empty store shelves and a temporary shortage. And now we are seeing signs of panic buying once again, which is not good for any of us. You don't have to go far back to remember scenes like this and concerns like this. Alcohol is a never find, and Lysol is hard to find, and a lot of um, cleaning wipes. At the start of the pandemic and throughout the summer, those were tough to track down, too. And now, as COVID cases spike once again... I'm already starting to see empty shelves again. Consumers and retailers are getting ready. Some grocery chains reinstating limits on certain products. Giant once again restricting the purchase of toilet paper and paper towels. It will help buyer behavior, and at the same time, it'll help ensure that there's plenty of supply for everyone to get something. Pedro Reyes teaches a class on global supply chain management and says there is no need to panic. There's really no need to overbuy, overstock. He says when consumers hoard, it does stress the system. Products like toilet paper have a historically tight supply chain, and even with major companies running plans 24 hours a day, keeping up with an astronomical increase in sales is impossible. Good thing is that the grocery supply chain is really resilient. Reyes says he also doesn't anticipate the kinds of shortages we saw last spring due to the proliferation of new companies popping up to meet demand. Over the summer, Clorox said it was making 50% more disinfecting wipes than usual, but the company is still predicting shortages will continue through the end of the year. The company is saying it is still not at a point where it can fully meet elevated demand. I'm Nidia Han, Channel 6, Action News. Now at six, lines, lines, and more lines. Thousands of Angelinos at Dodger Stadium awaiting tests for COVID as cases surge. We're live with the latest on the spike. More drama in D.C. Joe Biden picks his chief of staff. President Trump withholding critical information, we're also told. We'll tell you which Republican senator is now pledging to step in over this. And looking live from Air 7 HD, this gorgeous shot of the skyline, downtown Los Angeles. More of the same today, but a warm-up is on the way. Leslie Lopez has the deets in your AccuWeather forecast. Live from ABC 7, this is Eyewitness News. Good Thursday morning, everybody. 6 a.m. We're live on ABC 7, abc7.com, and streaming on the ABC 7 Los Angeles app and on Hulu Live. I'm Leslie Sykes. And I'm Brandy. Had a gorgeous sunrise for you as you wake up on this Thursday, Friday Eve. Let's check in with Leslie Lopez first on that forecast. Are we seeing pretty much what we saw yesterday when it comes to the temps? 
Uh, you know, I think so. Very similar. If you're going to be inland, you might be able to increase your temp by about one or two degrees. If you're at the coast, it might be a little cooler today. This is what it looks like over into LAX, about 50 degrees this morning. Uh, so we do have some cool temperatures happening here, especially chilly for the morning. And by the afternoon, it's mild, so very similar to where we were just yesterday. So downtown Los Angeles, 67 degrees. If you're heading into Orange County, it'll be about 66, and then also hitting about 70 degrees in the IE and the Valley areas today. The coastline, it's the low 60s for you. 45 degrees into our mountains, and if you're heading out towards the high desert, we're around 65 degrees today. More to come in a full forecast. We'll talk about um, some other changes. It's going to be warm, very warm. I'm going to show you when that happens. Coming up in a full forecast in just a little while. Here's Brianna Ruffalo taking a look at traffic this morning. How's it looking? Good morning. Well, we were off to such a nice start earlier. It's just not the case anymore. We're starting to see a couple accidents pop up, and this is the worst one. It's actually down into Orange County. Typically, we don't have a whole lot of problems down here, but if you travel through Costa Mesa along the 405 southbound, uh, we did have a bad accident here. We have some injuries involved. It's on the 405 South at Harbor Boulevard. We have the HOV number one and number two lanes blocked off there. This is a traffic alert, and they're expecting to have these lanes blocked off until about 610. So hopefully in the next 10, 15 minutes, they'll get it cleared out of the way. It's going to take a moment to get some of this backup uh, moving along. But just a heads up, if you're leaving in the next few minutes, to leave a little early until this gets cleared. I'll send it back to you guys. Yeah, good to know, Brianna. Thank you so much. Expanded coronavirus testing will continue in the city of L.A. today. And if you're going to head over to Dodger Stadium for a test, just get ready for potentially long lines. Eyewitness News reporter Mark Cotarobles has details on that. Good morning, Mark. Yeah, Leslie Brandy, I just checked again, and there are still more than 8,000 appointments available. You do need an appointment to come here to Dodger Stadium. You sign up within a 30-minute window. That's a way to help control the crowds as they uh, drive into Dodger Stadium. But take a look. Yesterday, it was really stacking up the line to get into the testing site, though once the line is going, it doesn't take too long, depending on the time. Again, the hours have been expanded here at Dodger Stadium with testing available from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. All this is COVID cases are surging. This city-run testing site is the largest in L.A. County, the county among those that's been mired in the most restrictive purple tier in the state's four-tier monitoring system. Public health officials have said it's going to be weeks before the county can move into a less restrictive tier, allowing for more businesses to operate indoors. The latest infection numbers from L.A. County show 2,152 new cases and 22 new deaths. That adds to the more than 7,000 lives already lost in the county to date. Currently, there are just over 900 people hospitalized with coronavirus. Now, there have been some real horror stories at various other testing sites taking days to get the results sent back to the patients. But here at the Dodger Stadium testing site, the city advertising that they'll be getting the results back to you within 24 hours. We are live this morning outside Dodger Stadium. Mark Cotarobles, ABC7 Eyewitness News. We'll send it back to you. All right. Good to know, Mark. Thank you. We are following several more coronavirus headlines that are developing this morning. California could hit 1 million confirmed cases today. Now, Texas was the first state to reach that milestone earlier this week. The U.S. did set another record yesterday. We're talking about more than 144,000 new infections in one day, according to the COVID tracking project. And more than 65,000 people are hospitalized across the country. That's another new record. The previous record was nearly 60,000 people hospitalized back in April. And one of the states right now being hit hardest is Utah, which reported 2,300 new cases just yesterday. Compare that with the 2,200 new cases in L.A. County. But here's the kicker. Utah's population is just a little more than 3 million. L.A. County's population is 10 million. 
Most schools have reopened in Utah, and today a group of teachers is encouraging colleagues to call out sick and use this day to get tested for coronavirus. President-elect Joe Biden is making more moves as he transitions to the White House, despite claims from President Trump about election fraud. Eyewitness News reporter John Gregory is live in the newsroom this morning with the latest developments. John, what do we know? And Leslie, as of this morning, Joe Biden continues to lead in the electoral vote, and he leads President Trump in the popular vote by more than 5 million votes nationally. Yesterday, the president-elect named Ron Klain as chief of staff. Klain has decades of experience in the White House and led the Obama administration's response to the Ebola virus. That could be helpful in dealing with this pandemic. More top staffing announcements will come later this week. Cabinet picks are not expected until later this month, but lobbying for positions has already started, with Bernie Sanders looking to be labor secretary. Meantime, the State Department is preventing President-elect Biden from accessing messages from foreign leaders and receiving daily intelligence briefings. Biden says he can't make national security decisions yet anyway, so he doesn't need it. Republican Senator James Langford has pledged to step in if the Biden team doesn't have access by Friday. Meantime, world leaders are already talking with the president-elect about cooperating on things like the coronavirus and also climate change. Australia's prime minister has already invited Biden to visit Australia next year. Japan's prime minister says he and Biden agreed to deepen their country's alliance in regards to China and also North Korea. Live in the newsroom, John Gregory, ABC7 Eyewitness News. Leslie, back to you. John, thank you very much. Now, coyotes are causing concern in a Burbank neighborhood. Check out this surveillance video shot yesterday morning. This is on Keystone Street between Alameda and Olive Avenues. Animals, you can see them just saunter across the lawns and even right up onto somebody's porch. Experts say people with small pets should be careful. Wow. Hey, good morning. All right. So it is a cold start to the morning yet again today. So we're not really changing that around from yesterday. Uh, we're going to see temperatures reach about 71 degrees as we're heading into your afternoon for the valley communities. Uh, again, not a lot in the way of changes all the way through about Saturday before we see another big change. That's going to be a really large warming trend. And I'll show you that coming up in a full forecast. 68 degrees in a downtown Los Angeles, inland Orange County. It'll be about 69. We have the low 70s for the valleys and the inland empire today. Um, it is going to be a nice clear day. We have lots of sunshine, nice air quality too, so that's gotten a lot better. 64 for the beaches, the mountains 47 degrees, the high desert 64, and if you're heading out to the low desert about 76 degrees. More to come in a full forecast, and we'll talk all about this new warm, windy, and dry weather. New Santa Ana returning, guys, over to you. All right, thank you. Some good news this morning in the race to develop vaccines for COVID-19. Also, here we go again. Oh, no. Which local grocery chain is now having to enforce purchase limits to prevent panic buyers from cleaning them out? And help send children some joy this holiday season. It's our 28th annual Spark of Love Toy Drive. We're partnering with SoCal Firefighters and our presenting sponsor, Subaru, collecting new unwrapped toys and sports gear for children and teens in need. So you can buy a toy online at abc7.com slash sparkoflove, or you can text SPARK to 24365 to donate. Join us and share the spark of love.
afternoon. I'm Philip Palmer, and we are now on ABC7.com. Scott Reif is above the scene of the plane wreck. Uh, we're going to try to get to him here in a moment. His IFB is, uh, that's the, the way he can hear us, is kind of a work in progress. But he has just flown up, and you see wreckage of a plane. That is underneath that smoke, and there's not much of the plane left. Uh, we are getting word that apparently there is a fatality in this plane crash. Uh, Scott Reif, I guess you can hear us now. Um, maybe you could tell us a little bit more. There was there was so much that was um, we were questioning as we were on the air on ABC7, but now we're getting a better look at the damage caused by this plane crash near Whiteman Airport. Yeah, Philip, it certainly uh, it went head on into these cars. It looks like there's nothing left of the plane, which leads me to believe it was a small plane of some type. This is on Pierce Street, and it's only about two or three blocks to the south of Whiteman Airport. So it's unclear if the aircraft had a problem inside the pattern or if that airplane was trying to land at the airport. Uh, we understand, as you mentioned, one person was killed. We believe that was a person on board the plane. And we don't believe at this point anyone on board uh, the, or excuse me, on the ground was injured. You see there, it's right on the approach course uh, to Whiteman Airport. That's where the plane did crash. Uh, and it could have been coming in to make a, uh, a, an emergency landing. We just don't have a lot of information on that yet, uh, but uh, unfortunately one person has been killed, the person who was flying the plane. Um, it's unclear if there's anybody else on board that plane, but from our initial look here, you see the cars immediately started on fire. It's gotta be, uh, it's gotta be a small plane because you can't even see the wreckage, which makes me think it really went straight in. We're just getting a report from the fire department. Uh, only one person was killed, that was the pilot on board that plane. So uh, sadly, one person has died in this crash. Uh, we'll open up a little bit. I just want to give you a little perspective again. Uh, Whiteman Airport is in Pacoima. This is right off Pierce Street in San Fernando Road. And you can see there where the airport is. And it was right on that approach course. That would be the, the landing runway, runway 1-2. And it crashed just uh, 100 feet or, four, uh, or so before the threshold. So we'll go back to the plane. We don't have information yet on uh, the type of plane, but certainly, Philip, at this point, it looks like it was a small plane, and it doesn't look like it barely just made it to the airport. It looks like it may have possibly stalled and went straight in because we don't even see much of the wreckage of that plane. A lot of times when an uh, airplane's trying to land and it comes in somewhat slowly with the flaps down, it's trying to make the airport, at least you'd see a part of the plane. This appears like it went straight in uh, on this street. Again, the pilot was killed, and at this point, uh, we don't believe anyone, uh, fortunately, on the ground has been hurt.